the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. By now, if you've been listening to the show, you know that I am a disciple maker. Actually, I've come up with years and years ago a simple yet clear sort of personal mission statement that I use. And here it is to develop passionate followers of Jesus. It's a simple statement, but it really supports this idea that I am a disciple maker. So this is who I am, and it is also what I do. You know, over the course of the years, I have made disciples because I've served God's church as a pastor, as a lead pastor, as a staff pastor, and through opportunities to speak and to preach or to teach or to be in relationship with others, I have made disciples. I've gathered other leaders and pastors around round tables, and we've enjoyed conversation and discussion And I have done everything I can to bring an offering to that in the spirit of making disciples. Even now, I lead discipleship groups. I I disciple people one-on-one. I am a disciple maker. But also, I am a coach. I'm a coach. And what I do as a coach, purely as a coach, is a little different and unique than what I do as a pure disciple maker. As a coach, I help people discover something. Uh, become aware. I help people to learn and to implement actions and to uh, put things into place. So this idea of your discipleship coach, discipleship and coaching actually are two different things. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about discipleship and coaching. And this is part one of a two-part series. So today's episode is discipleship and coaching part one. Next week, you'll listen in and you'll hear Discipleship and Coaching Part 2. But I want to get started with a question. You know, if you were to ask the average person in the United States, who is God? The question is, I wonder how their answers would vary. I did a quick poll of some random people. I actually talked to my kids and asked them to do the same thing. And, And here were some of the answers when we asked the question, who is God? One answer was, there is no God. Another answer, we are our own gods. 
Here's a, I'll give some other answers. The supposed creator of the universe. Here's, here's an interesting one. God is the head of most religions. Uh, who is God? A supreme being that is worshipped. Or a supreme being who judges people who do wrong. It's intriguing to think about what people, just everyday people, think about who God is. You know, really, I want to ask this question. How might you hear versions of these answers if you were to randomly ask the question, who is God? I actually was coaching someone this week, and they were spending about a week with several people. And this person I was coaching was one of two people that were believers in the group. And we actually talked about the worldview of of those people in that group. And that group might have answered in a, a, a diverse way. But I wonder how people in your life would answer the question, who is God? What about the family that sit around your dinner table? How would they answer the question, who is God? How would the people that you work with answer the question, who is God? Or the people that you live by in your neighborhood? The question is, I wonder how people would answer the question, who is God? And the truth is you. As you listen in today, you are likely to answer this question differently than the average person. You might say something like, God is my Lord. God is the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You might answer it in so many different ways. So I want to bring us to a second question as I begin to talk on this two-part series on discipleship and coaching. I'm going to ask this question. What does it mean to you to be a Christian? What does it mean to you to be a Christian? You know, some people might think to be a Christian, you would recognize that because a Christian goes to church or a Christian reads the Bible and prays or a Christian will help people that are in need or will worship God. And these are all good answers. But I want to invite you to listen closely to the question, what does it mean to you to be a Christian? See, we often answer this question with answers that reflect doing. What does it mean to be a Christian? And we answer with doing answers. Go to church, read the Bible, pray, help others, tell people about Jesus. But the question is, as you listen in today, think about this. What does it mean to truly be a Christian? So when I was, was a, a kid, I first recognized Christians as the people that went to church on Sunday. I grew up, my dad was a board member in a church, a deacon. My mom sang in the choir. I was a typical church-going child in the 1980s, growing up in the suburbs. And I thought, people that go to church, those are the Christians. That's what Christians do. They were thoughtful to other people. You walked into the church building, and they were kind, and they were opening the door for you. And what's interesting is later in life, that became a mask for so many people, I learned. Sometimes we can disguise our behaviors, and they don't really deliver what is found in the depths of our heart. So we can quote-unquote do Christianity without quote-unquote being Christian. See, I thought as a kid, it was the people at church on Sunday who dressed nice, maybe carried their Bible. These were the people, Christians, that sang worship songs unto the Lord and listened to a pastor preach a sermon. In fact, the really good Christians came an hour early and went to Sunday school. And this is what I thought. But I learned later on in life that 
Sunday and every other day of the week should really not look any different in a Christian's life. See, Christianity is not about putting on certain behaviors to impress people on one particular day of the week. So the question, what does it mean to be a Christian? And this is so important as we talk about coaching and discipleship in the second half of the show, and also next week in part two of our two-part series, what does it mean to be a Christian? When we are Christian, it means that, that we have been forgiven of our sins through God's grace. So when we, what does it mean to be a Christian? It means to, to be in the state of being forgiven of our sins and, and, and to have faith and trust in God. Some people describe it like this, that we are saved by grace, by God's grace, by grace through faith. And, and there's some truth in these components that God has this activity of offering grace and, and we have activity to have faith in him. So, so this idea, what does it mean to be Christian? It means to be like Christ, to be Christ-like. Because after all, we are children of God when we accept Jesus as our Savior. And, and so what does it mean to be a Christian? It means to respond to God's activity in our life. See, God is moving in our life. He's forming us and shaping us and and he's active in our lives and all around us. And what we want to know is that when we respond to God's activity, that is what it means to be like Christ. And, and because what we do is we serve his mission. This reminds me of the story of the Good Samaritan. And you'll, you'll be familiar with this because we're aware that a, a pre, this guy was beaten up and laid on the road for dead in this, this story. And a priest walks by and and uh, was busy. We get the idea that he was on his way to maybe do some temple duties or something like that. And and then uh, a Levite who might have been expected to help this man that was beaten up and robbed also walked right by him. But an unexpected response from a Samaritan who who reached down and helped this this guy who was beaten up and left on the side of the road, if you will, he, he's the one that helped him. And and. Really, all three of these people, a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan, had what we could say are Christian thoughts. But true Christianity was shown by a Samaritan in this story. And you know, it was not just the action of the Samaritan. It was an uh, overflow of what would have been in the Samaritan's heart. And so this is what it means to be a Christian, is to overflow out of our heart, God's heart. See, Christianity is more than avoiding bad behaviors. Christianity is more than doing good behaviors. I describe it like this. Christianity is a following. The Christian life involves discipleship. So today's show is about discipleship. And we're going to get into the fact that discipleship and coaching can work together. Discipleship is this spiritual formation of our lives. It's, it's God's activity, but it's also our response to God's activity. So discipleship is God's activity, and it's our response to God's activity. So today we're talking about discipleship 
and coaching. And in the second half of the show, we're going to talk a little more about this idea and we'll really set the table for next week's episode as well. So this is part one, discipleship and coaching. And we're talking today about discipleship and how we can grow in the Lord. Discipleship is the formation of our lives. It is God's activity and our response to that activity. Stay tuned for the second half of our show. You're listening now on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. And we're back. Thank you for staying tuned to Your Discipleship Coach partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And I'm your host, Michael Smith. I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Today, we're talking about discipleship and coaching. And this is really, uh, this show is part one of a two-part series, which will also air next week. So get ready for that. But this is part one, and we're really focusing on on the discipleship side of that, and we'll talk some coaching. And next week, we're going to break down the difference between coaching and discipleship and how they work together. So I hope that today's episode stimulates your mind and your thinking, and it encourages you to listen in next week as we talk about the difference between discipleship and coaching. Being a little more descriptive about discipleship, I want to remind us that discipleship is not a synonym for leadership development. I've acknowledged that many congregations have made discipleship a Christian version of leadership development. And I'm all for developing leaders. I think that's a great thing. But discipleship is not leadership development. In fact, I proclaim that it is the exact opposite. Discipleship is followership development. See, a Christian is a follower. A Christian is a follower of Jesus. So if the number one thing that describes your faith is leader, I would challenge you to consider using a different descriptive. Use the word follower. A Christian is a follower of Jesus. The Apostle Paul uses language like this, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm going to look at that statement a little bit. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. The modern English version actually uses this, these words, follow me as I follow Christ. And it's an intriguing thought and an intriguing concept. And the question begins to be, so am I following Paul or am I following Jesus? Like, what, what is Paul saying here? Well, I'm going to look at a couple different versions, and then I'll kind of speak to what this means. The New International Version coins Paul, Paul's words this way, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I like that description because Paul is saying, I, I follow Christ with certain intensity and, and perspective. And, and really, you should, should have the same measure of intensity and perspective as you follow Christ. Paul's not saying, do what I do, mimic my actions. Paul is saying, follow the way that, that I follow. The, the ESV says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. See, Paul, Paul sought to know Christ. His endeavors were to know who Jesus was. 
And, and what he did is he completely, I'll say, sold out to God's mission. So in his discipleship or his spiritual development, he sold out to God's mission and doing what God wanted him to do became more important than even his own comfort. He trusted God beyond the comfort of him, his own circumstances. And here's what, here's what we learned from Paul's statement, follow me as I follow Christ. The focus of discipleship is on Jesus. So as we talk about discipleship and coaching and how to coach someone forward in their spiritual life, we must know this principle that discipleship is about Jesus. The action of discipleship is to follow. So the action is to follow. The focus is Jesus. The action is to follow. In fact, Jesus, this was Jesus' call to come follow. Matthew 4.19 captures Jesus' words, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What's interesting is there are several words in this call that Jesus gave. Follow me. Remember the focus? Remember it's on Jesus. The idea of spiritual development is to know God, to know Jesus, to know the Spirit, to know the one true God. And our response of knowing is following. Follow me. It's about Jesus In our response, our action, our effort is to follow. It's not just to gain information. It's not to do magic behaviors or even certain spiritual practices, which are are all part of our faith, but it is to follow Jesus. And this idea is what spiritual formation is. It is seeing God's activity in our life, and it's our response of followership to him. And what he says, Jesus, follow me and I will make you. This is fabulous language. We learn from Jesus that in our response to God's activity, it it continues in a cycle. He says, focus on me and, and follow me. It's about me. And as you do that, I'll continue to make you or form you or shape you or equip you or position you. But what's amazing is, is even though that work is accomplished, It doesn't stop there. There's a response that we have, follow me and I will make you, what does he say? Jesus said, fishers of men. So in those days, he made fishermen fish for people. And so he used their identity and vocation to fulfill God's purpose. So we are to serve God's purpose according, though, to the way that God shaped us and formed us. And we we take actions and we rehearse spiritual disciplines in our life as a continual response to God's activity and fulfillment of mission. So I want to get back to the questions that we started this episode with. As I read Matthew chapter 16, several verses, and I want you to hear some powerful questions in here. I'll start with verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, Others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Well, Simon Peter replied, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven, the revelator. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples 
to tell no one that he was the Christ. This is a fascinating story. He asked the question, what's word on the street about me? Who are people saying I am? When I think about discipleship, I want us to think how I started. Who are people saying God is? Well, in this instance, they would say, oh, Jesus? Oh, Jesus is John the Baptist, or he's a prophet, Elijah, Jeremiah, some great teacher or a good person. He's faithful. But then Jesus asked the, those that were following him, so let's look beyond word on the street. What about you? Who do you say I am? You know, if I were one of those disciples, I I probably would have started sweating and feeling the pressure of that question and what is it that Jesus wanted? And then a a bold, somewhat reckless, but sold out man named Peter, I, I imagined him standing to his feet and using a loud voice to say, I'll answer this question. You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus responded to him. In that moment, God had revealed Christ to Peter. And Peter was acting on it with his words. And and Jesus said, this is the model I want to use. So we know that Jesus was the chief cornerstone. And Peter, this rock, this pebble, it was was an example of how Jesus would build his church. And he said, I'm going to build it on you, Peter, like a rock, because you're reflecting me, the chief cornerstone. You know, Paul understood this language when he said, follow me like I follow Christ. So I'm going to come back to this question What does it mean to you to follow Jesus? Now, I'm digging this, and we're just kind of poking around this discipleship because in part two of this series, next week, we're going to talk about coaching and the difference between coaching and discipleship and how to coach this. But following Jesus will impact everything that we are passionate about and all of our desires. It will impact everything that we believe and all of our behaviors, all of our values, It will impact what we do, what we don't do, what we say, what we don't say, where we go, where we don't go. It will impact what we think about. It will impact what we talk about. It will impact what we value. But behaviors alone do not earn spiritual credibility. See, behaviors and spiritual practices, they're an overflow of our heart. They're a reflection of our spiritual credibility. The truth is, We only serve an audience of one. We only serve God. So this is part one. We're going to dig into part two next week, but I'm going to end today by asking this question. Are you curious if you are ready to receive coaching, maybe discipleship coaching? You can visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com and take our free coaching readiness questionnaire. And we'd love to hear from you. Please be sure to follow this show and our podcast. Thank you so much for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Today's show has been brought to you by our sponsors, Heritage Counseling Center at heritagecounseling.com, Chicago Indian Church at chicagoindianchurch.com, and Professional Coach University. Maximize your potential at Professional Coach University. You can become a certified coach or invest in yourself through personal development opportunities. Just visit professionalcoachuniversity.com. Hey, stick with us next week as we do part two of discipleship and coaching. We're going to break down the difference between coaching and discipleship, and we're going to coach you in your spiritual life. I want to tell you, I am for you, and God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? 
Thanks for listening. You've been listening on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's Your Discipleship Coach. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.